Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. My name is Emily, and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I don't have much to say, so we're just going to hop right on into today's episode. We are going to be talking about six performance goals that you should be tracking. So I talk a lot about body composition as a goal in a lot of my episodes because it's a popular one, right? Um, When we're either just getting into training or we are in the midst of training, changing our body composition is a big reason why people either discover or come into fitness. But I don't think that should or that isn't and shouldn't be the only focus in our training, even if it is a main like long term goal. So even if your long term goal is fat loss, we should have some other things to focus on throughout the time that we're training, right? Finding these performance goals that are typically smaller or shorter term can keep motivation high and allow us to see the true progress we're making along the way, right? If you've ever been on a weight loss or muscle gain journey, you'll know that the scale is super finicky, right? It just doesn't it doesn't always match what we feel the effort is that we're giving. And that's where some of these performance goals can kind of bridge that gap and allow us to see oh, we actually are making progress. It just might not be quite yet what we want, the progress that we want to see. Because at the end of the day, it's about so much more than the number on the scale, right? It, it truly, truly is so much more than that. Um, and honestly, let's talk about it, right? And sometimes, like I said, that scale can tell a lie, Right. The number on the scale can also hide the full truth, especially when we're not tracking body fat percentage, right? So let's say, for example, you gain muscle but lose body fat. Your body fat percentage would then decrease, which is a net positive thing. Your clothes would fit better because you'll likely be leaner. Are you really going to let that number on the scale ruin the day? Because it hasn't changed, right? If we're just looking at the weight, which is the most popular, if, if you want to use that word, number that we use on the scale, if we're just looking at the number of the weight on the scale, that won't change if we lose muscle and gain fat. And as we're just starting training, sometimes that does happen at about the same rate, right? So that's, we don't see change. But if you're feeling better, if you're looking better visually, if your clothes are fitting better, I think that that still is progress, but we can sometimes when we're just so focused on only the scale weight and the scale weight doesn't move and the scale weight this and that, that's where we kind of lose the forest through the trees, if you will, where we don't see the true progress that we do actually make. So 
that's where some of these performance goals can also come into play, right? They matter. They might even matter more than the number on the scale. You might even find that as you lift more weight in the gym, you can do other things outside of the gym. You can go for hikes and not be sore. You can play with kids or grandkids or any number of things. So let's dive into the top six that I think are the performance goals we should be tracking throughout our journey. Some of these will be, you know, performance metrics as well that we'll be able to use, but also other things that we can pay attention to that aren't the weight on the scale as we're going through our fitness journey. So our top six are going to be lifestyle factors, weight on the bar, reps we complete, how long you rest, control of the weight or during the exercise, and then the rate of perceived exertion. So let's hop into each one of those six, kicking it off with lifestyle factors first. So when I say lifestyle factors, I'm referring to sleep, stress, hydration, nutrition, right? All of these things play a huge role in how we're feeling on a day-to-day basis and quite honestly, how we're performing in our workouts. Tracking these might seem meaningless for a single day, But what if you learned that when you're more stressed, your sleep performance is decreased or if you're less hydrated, your recovery suffers and you feel it the next day in training sessions, right? There's a lot of different studies out there. One that comes to mind so specifically about hydration, um, I want to say it's like 3% hydration decreases power by like 17% and I'm going to butcher it, but I'll, I'll try and link it. I'll find the source for it. But it's some crazy amount, right? Hydration plays a huge role. And some of these factors are even individual as well. So kind of knowing how your body reacts to certain things, if you're stressed, if you're nu- if you're hydrated, if your nutrition has been on point, if you're eating certain foods the night before a training session, all of these play a f- role in our training performance and our overall health, right? The easiest way... I think to track these is via an app, activity tracker, or just journaling them, right? How are you feeling on a scale of one to 10 for all these metrics? If you note them like in the morning, at night, at mealtime, right? Just fit something in, write down your top couple metrics there and just kind of note them throughout. Now, again, you might not notice big changes day to day, but over time, you'll be able to see patterns that can emerge, right? So personally, I use two programs that are subscription-based to kind of track mine. One of them we have at Unity. It hosts all of our programs, our Bridge Athletic uh, programming software. And the other one is a Whoop uh, that I wear daily um, that kind of informs my training and informs me uh, on kind of some other habits. But before wearing the Whoop and then shortly after getting the Bridge Athletic software, I never really paid attention to how certain things affected my sleep. Like I would assume that sure, like if I was less hydrated, I wouldn't perform as well, right? Or if I didn't have enough as much sleep as I usually do, I'm not going to perform as well. But I didn't know the actual data. And for someone who enjoys the data, it's very empowering for me to know that, hey, like if I have a late meal, which is a real example, if I eat usually within two hours of sleeping, my sleep is not as deep as if I don't eat. Now, that's a pretty cool fact to know and has truly re- like changed my eating habits. I'm gonna, I try to eat earlier 
so that I don't have to eat a big meal super late. Or if I do eat late, I'll try and stay up. So even though I might get less sleep, I'll get higher quality sleep because I'll have stayed up and allowed that food to digest. So both of these apps do a great job at tracking specific habits and giving me compiled data and things like that as I go. But you don't need the apps to do it. There's a number of free habit tracking apps to kind of inform yourself. You can create an Excel sheet, scales of 1 to 10, and then kind of figure out, hey, what's my average? What's my peak? How am I feeling? What trends can you find there? Those lifestyle factors really do play a big role in things outside the gym. Moving on to number two, we have weight on the bar, right? It sounds simple, but don't you want to learn how much stronger you're getting? right? We have to track our weights. I know, trust me, I'm there too. I'm like, I'll remember what I did last week. Like, oh, I know that I used the 25s. But what if you don't remember? What if you want to look back in like three years and you see like, hey, I started with the 10s and now three years later, I'm at the 50s, right? That's pretty darn cool to see. And can be both motivating and empowering to take action and keep moving forward. So I always suggest having some sort of log, whether, again, it's an app. I want to say I've used FitList as an app in the past, but a good old-fashioned Excel sheet, journal, training journal, whatever. Again, at Unity, we use Bridge uh, Athletic for our programming software. So we use that. That kind of compiles all our data. But we used to use just Excel sheets, and we have folders and folders of Excel sheets for all of our members of all their past history that we can look back and kind of see what they've done, which is pretty cool when you when you look back at it. So moving on to number three, reps you complete. So some exercises are tough to regularly add weight, right? When my five to 50 pound example there, that might be even overshooting it. That's going to be a, a tough sell. If we've been lifting the same time, right? or the same weight, excuse me, for a long period of time before you're able to even add a pound, especially at a high training level. So if you've been training for years, it's going to be really tough, if, especially if you found the right weight for you to be working at your sets at. It's going to be tough to continually add weight. But in these cases, we want to make sure, as, as with other cases, that we're tracking the reps we complete as well, right? Did you get nine reps on the last set when the program said eight, like mark it down, change the weight, right? Or change the rep count. Excuse me, don't change the weight. When you see then the program next week, maybe we shoot for one set of eight and two sets of nine if you have three, or hey, let's try and complete all my sets at nine instead of eight, right? So adding a rep here and there can be a great way to kind of track progress and feel like you have some reps in the tank. We're going to talk about RPE, rate of perceived exertion later on, So tracking those reps can be a great way to kind of track progress as well. So this brings us to our next one, rest time, which isn't so much a marker of progress as much a control of the variables that are also present, right? So if we have a longer rest, chances are we're going to be able to complete more work, especially on later sets, right? So if our rest is 60 seconds, but we take 60 seconds after our first set, 60 seconds after our, or excuse me, 60 seconds after our first set, but after our second set, we take 120 seconds. Chances are we're going to be less fatigued if our body's recovering properly. And we're going to be able to have the ability to do more work, right? 
But by tracking our rest time, we can ensure we're keeping the load on the body the same from workout to workout, right? So that we aren't getting those skewed rep counts and you aren't doing nine on your last set, getting to next week, trying to do nine, but also following rest time, and then you can't do it. So it appears that you got weaker, but what other factors played a role in rest time and the amount of rest can be one of those factors that plays a role for you, right? So sure, there are times that we're going to want to add a little bit of extra rest, right? If we're going, getting over an illness, right, getting used to the heat as it becomes hot here in Wisconsin in the summer, you might have to adjust, you might have to add more, but it should be consciously done, right? Don't make it an accident that we're just casually adding rest because we're chatting or just hanging out on our phones. Make sure it's a conscious decision to say, hey, I'm going to actually take the rest because I need it, not just subconsciously or unknowingly, uh, unintentionally is probably a better word, take that extra rest and skew your results of your progress. So that brings us to our next one here. Moving right along, we have control of the weight, right? So back to some of those performance metrics, your control of the weight and as a result, like your control of the body is a skill that truly can't be overlooked. And I would argue that it's one of the most important skills we can have just from a performance, but also from an injury prevention standpoint as well, right? So we all age, right? It's inevitable. We can't prevent aging, right? But as we age, we do want to preserve as much muscle and control of our body as we're able to the good news is we can actually do that, right? A lot of times we think about aging and we lose control or we lose range of motion as we age, but what if we flipped that and it's not aging that causes it, it's as we age we move less and therefore the body loses the capabilities that it once had, right? So if we keep training and training these movements, whether it's in the gym or outside the gym, we'll be able to then do that in life as well, right? So when we train, we're not just lifting more weight, what, the the both both words at the same time, more weight or more reps, right in the gym, but we're also using quite literally that movement as medicine, and moving fluids through the body, making sure that things are moving, moving through our joints through full ranges of motion so that we can continue to do so as we age, right? The unfortunate part is this is a tough one to measure because it is so qualitative, right? There's, it's a very self, self-monitored, right? I, I can't put a number on it. I can't say, oh, you have, you know, X degrees of control, let's try and control it Y degrees next time, right? There's no number to quantify the measure of control we have over an exercise, but just take note of how things are feeling from day to day, phase to phase, exercise to exercise, and that can really help improve that performance and decrease some of that effect of aging as we go there, right? So, Finally, we bring this brings us to rate of perceived exertion or RPE. This is a measure of tracking how challenging an exercise, training session, or other physical activity is for you, right? So on a scale of one to 10, how challenging 
was that exercise. As I mentioned earlier, we use Bridge Athletic to house all of our programs for our members um, at Unity as well as our online members. And one of the coolest things that I didn't really think about when we started using it, but I really enjoy now, is that they ask for your rate of perceived exertion for that entire training session right at the end of each session. So after you work out, it gives you an option to rate your workout on a scale of 1 to 10. How challenging was that workout for you? So this allows them to quantify a shorter duration and higher intensity workout and equate it to perhaps a longer duration, lower intensity workout. So it multiplies that effect by the time. So I can see how my training was, right? I can see if it was all over the place, if it was higher, if it was all lower compared to what I've been doing. And knowing where I am allows me to see where my new phase should take me, right? Whether there are certain things that were particularly challenging or certain exercises that we rate as RPE, So having that RPE measure as your training for your training program can be super helpful. And I didn't really think about using it, honestly, before we started using Bridge. Um, We more used it kind of in its uh, original measure of measuring reps, right? So rate of perceived exertion, roughly scale of one to 10, if I'm looking at like a six RPE out of 10, loosely, we can equate that to about four reps left in the tank, right? So if we're choosing a weight at an RPE of six, we should have about four reps left. Now, this isn't a perfect equation, but it can allow us to kind of quantify, hey, where should my training be? Because we know or should know, maybe this is the first time you're hearing of it and this is like a bomb drop for you, but not all of our training should be at maximal levels, right? We don't have to max out. We don't have to lift the heaviest weight possible every single time, It's about optimizing our current training and then peaking for whatever we're peaking for in the future. So using that RPE scale, we can gradually increase our RPE. Maybe I do a set at six or a couple weeks at RPE six, and then we go up to RPE seven, RPE eight, et cetera. When we get to an RPE nine or 10, we know that that's the max out week for that phase, right? So we can use RPE in that way as well, but tracking it again as an overall session measure, but also as an in exercise measure can be really powerful and really inform our training from day to day as opposed to using just the weight on the bar number, it just gives us a little bit more information. I like to think of it almost like a cross between our lifestyle factors, kind of how we're feeling personally, with the weight on the bar and how we're lifting there, right? So both of those things kind of converge in that one measure of RPE. So there you have it. There's six performance goals you can keep and keep track of for yourself to keep on track with the goals. I know I just use a lot of keep, but uh, six performance goals, six performance metrics that can keep you on track with your goals, whatever they may be. Again, whether it's weight loss related or not. So as always, this brings us to our empowered action for this week. So are you tracking any of these metrics? If so, Are you using the data that you're collecting or do you just have a bunch of numbers on a paper? If you're not using the data, that is your action for this week. 
Use the data to inform your actions. So if you know, for example, I'll use my example, if you know eating late at night causes you to have worse sleep, what can we do to change some lifestyle factors to improve that and move on and improve our quality of sleep, right? So start to use that action, those data to inform your actions. If you're not tracking any of these metrics, what would be the best option for you? How are you going to use that information you collect from that best option, right? Pick pick one or two. It doesn't have to be all of them. I know I listed six and it can be quite overwhelming to start with six. So let's pick one or two and just start tracking some data. Get some numbers, right? At the end of the week, and it might take a couple weeks, you might not notice trends right off the bat, especially if you have sporadic weeks, but start to use that in information to make informed decisions. Start to use that information that you gathered. We're essentially running an experiment on ourselves using the data we collect to then predict and use that for future actions. So really cool stuff. Really, really cool stuff. It might take beyond this week, especially if you're just starting tracking. You might not notice those patterns. Um, And I do know we have a lot of members that listen. So if you log into your desktop version of Bridge Athletic, you'll be able to see all of your performance log surveys and you'll be able to see, and again, you guys know what this is, but you'll be able to see kind of those trends and kind of match them up. So pretty cool stuff, especially when you notice like, ooh, every, you know, Tuesday that I train, my body doesn't feel good or I'm not hydrated on Tuesdays, like "Mm, what's happening on Monday, you know? So kind of some neat stuff to dive into, especially if you're into the data uh, like I am. And then we can use that data, again, to make informed decisions. Because as we know, the textbooks don't always know you. They just know the people in the textbook. So we can always use these experiments to kind of inform and further our own training and goals. So that's all I got for you guys this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. As always, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, I would very much love it if you left a rating and review. It does help the show to grow and to reach more people. If you are not or and or you found this episode particularly helpful and you'd like to share it with someone, please feel free to do so. Again, just a way to help the show grow and reach more and more people. If there is an episode topic that you would like me to cover, feel free to reach out to me on any of my Instagram or Facebook. You can send me a message uh, at Coach Emily Meyer. You can find me on either platform there. Otherwise, I will chat with you all next week for episode 17. We'll talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.